looked at was God as historically accurate and man as historically inconsistent. Um, if you're a guest with us, I just wanted to point out for you that there's a Global Church in your service folder, and if you'd like to pull that out now and use that as we study together. Um, in fact, if you'd like to take that home, put it on your fridge, and when you're not feeling at peace this week, be reminded of what God is going to God willing um, teach us today as we uh, study through chapter one. If you're anything like me, there are probably times in your life, days or events that you kind of have scripted out in your mind as how they're supposed to go. I'm wondering, how did that work out for you? A few weeks ago, I had one of those days scripted out in my mind. Um, you know, there's points at, in, at points in being a parent that you kind of start thinking about the big picture and you start thinking about how you're not going to have your kids forever and that you want their childhood to be a happy one, one that they remember fondly, especially at Christmas. So I had this Christmas Day type of plan planned out where we were going to turn off all electronic devices, the kids with iPods, iPads, you know, Xboxes, the computer, all off, and that we were going to spend a day together and we were going to have fun decorating the house, both inside and outside for Christmas, music on in the background, you know, and it was just going to be this awesome day. In my mind, the script went like this, that you know, in the morning, we get the tree up, and then we kind of stand around it with our handhelds, you know, just putting ornaments on, joyfully laughing at dad's jokes, and just having a great time. And we'd get done with inside and outside in just the right time in the afternoon, where there'd still be a chance to have some fire in the fireplace, right? Some of our pastors would make hot chocolate, you know, and then we'd just laugh about, Dad, this is a great idea, you know, to spend time together. And as I've sort of verbalized this in services so far, I realize, how dumb I am. I mean, it sounds like I'm a dad at Christmas for the very first year and have no concept of reality whatsoever. So what really happened <laughs> was that they kind of got into it for the first 30 minutes, as who doesn't like to get out the Christmas tree, and then after an hour or so, they kind of saw through the whole, let's decorate, and they kind of saw that we had to record a few things, and the rest of the day, you know, they ended up not really enjoying having all their electronics off, and while we did make a memory item, and we had some fun in there, it certainly wasn't the way that I scripted it. And because of it, I was probably just a little dumb. Kids don't like to get out the Christmas tree. They rarely do. How many of you have had the Christmas tree decorated and then wrapped it so it just looks like dog? Or, how many of you this next week, leading up to next Wednesday, will have everything you've got scripted out right now go exactly the way thinking it should. How many hands? And even a bigger question. How many of us have had everything in our mind I mean, if you sat down 10, 20, 30 years ago and wrote down how the script was supposed to go when you were 
would it be exactly the way you wrote it so many years ago? I guarantee not. And there would be some things that are better now than we wrote it. And probably for most of us, when we think about things like writing a script, we're thinking about things that are
was a virgin pledge to be married to a guy named Joseph. that she was pledged to be married. This was similar to our engagement custom, but actually a little, it was viewed as being even more permanent than engagement was. You could not get engaged unless you are sure you want to marry this person. You're making a pledge, right? And yet in our culture, engagement certainly uh, grows a little easier than, than marriage, right? In this culture, this pledge to be married was paramount to marriage. In fact, you needed a certificate of divorce to end a pledge to be married. It lasted for about a year or so, and because Mary was pledged, we also know something else about her. We know about how old she is. When you look at nativity sets, um, they always have 30-year-old Mary next to Jesus's name. It's always about 30, right? That is not biblical, all right? Mary, in this culture, would have been about 14 or 15, right? So don't think 30, think teenager. Don't think woman, think freshman in high school, okay? That's how old Mary was, most likely, when she was pledged to be married. And then the other description, especially if you're new to church or new to this section, is going to sound really, really weird, and that's why I'm saying it. I mean, Luke introduces this girl, and twice he shares something which is just odd. You know, here's Mary, she's 15, she's from Nazareth, and oh yeah, she's a virgin, which just is not the way you introduce people, right? But as many of you know, this would come into being a huge part of what would come next for Luke and John. In fact, it's significant in what would come next. With all of this, we see something that I'm going to come back to in a little bit. That Mary was just a very ordinary girl. And there's nothing wrong with that. And as we'll see, there are some special things about her. But in the eyes of the world, there's nothing special about Mary. She was very ordinary in a very ordinary town. In fact, probably less than ordinary at this point in time. The angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Last week, we looked at what happened in the silence of the tomb, and it's an easy uh, scene in these movies. It's it's kind of always that grandfatherly, gentle angel that just kind of sits down and talks to you. But in the Bible, the Bible angels are powerful and holy, and people hit the floor when they hear the Bible angel. This angel, Gabriel, he shares with Mary something that put her out of her misery. He calls her highly favored. I want to camp out on highly just for a moment. The word highly favored in Greek comes from the same root that we get the word favored from. So what the angel is saying, what God is saying to Mary, is that Mary, go 
God has chosen to give to us. All of that is because the Lord chose, and so also it's a very highly favored
why did God choose to hold up his hand to that and allow marriage with Kylie Sater? There was nothing about her. She was simply the recipient of God's grace. It's almost as if there's this. Jesus needed to be born from someone. So God chose Mary. Nothing special about her. Nothing inherently better about her. God needed someone. He chose the teenage madman. Verse 36. How will this be, Mary asked, seeing as though I'm I'm a virgin? Well, okay, Mary, that could be tough to tell. Um, Last week when Zachariah asked that question about how they could be pregnant, couldn't talk, and we joked that Elizabeth was doubly pregnant, right? Because she was pregnant, and her husband couldn't talk. And what would a pregnant woman not want more than not having a new husband, right? So, she took away God's grace to keep and show that that happened to Mary. Well, it doesn't. And the reason is because Mary trusts God. Zachariah's question was about how could this, how could you we're 50, we're 60 years old. We can't do this. It was doubt. Mary's question was more like this. All right, I'm pregnant, but how is this going to work? I mean, I don't know what happens where you come from, but in Nazareth, teenage virgins don't tend to get pregnant. So can you explain a little bit more to me about this? Do you know what Mary's question is like? Is what I pray that every single person in this room's life is like. That they hear God's word and that they have so much interest because they want to learn more. They want to grow in their understanding. That our entire lives are this process of growing and our understanding of what God has in store for us. Verse 35. James answers the question. He doesn't strike her mute because about the table decorations, you know, and all these things, right? And what's my life going to be like when I'm not a daughter living in my parents' home, but a wife living in my husband's home? 
nine months, that would have been very hard for him. I mean, so when you just become pregnant, no one knows. But what about when you're three, four months pregnant? You can only wear baggy clothes so long, right? And people would start seeing this pregnant girl who wasn't married yet. tells us that he had it in his mind to divorce her, to get that person out of there. And along with that, there was a provision in the law at the time that an adulteress couldn't take it outside of that Resonates a little bit, doesn't it? But how did Mary respond?
think about that, it's hard to really digest that because, you know what, the people around you may not be think my parents loved me. I mean, heck, I don't even always love me. Some days I'd rather not be around me, right? I mean, we know the depth of our messiness. Because just like Paul, my life looks too much like this. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And I have these moments in my life, these, uh, my life, these epiphanies where I'm going to be better. I'm not going to get as frustrated. I'm going to change my attitude. And then I just knew my dad. 